what did you eat for breakfast? I had oatmeal. I do intermittent fasting, so my breakfast is at 2 p.m. Oh, wow. So yeah, oatmeal with all the fixings. Welcome to Music on Your Own Terms, the podcast that aims to help musicians develop an entrepreneurial mindset through interviews, as well as discussing resources, concepts, successes, and more. Providing a platform to talk about negative emotions such as anxiety and depression in order to help overcome them in the context of music and reduce the social stigma. This is episode 122. This episode is sponsored by Ignite Your Music Career. You may remember in episode 90, I chatted to Craig Dodge about sync licensing and how he makes a living through writing music for TV, video games, and film. Musicians all over the world subscribe to Ignite Your Music Career and earn more royalties, more upfront sync fees, and more recurring revenue from their music. Whether you're a composer, singer-songwriter, band, beatmaker, or instrumentalist, your music can be earning you more money. Internationally acclaimed composer, musician, and music educator Craig Dodge has licensed his music in more than 1,000 TV show episodes, films, video games, and ads all over the world, and he will show you how you can too. Ignite gives you the information you need in a simple, accessible format, and you learn at your own pace. For just $6 a month, you get a video lesson each week on topics related to music licensing, from writing techniques to how to find your markets, and everything in between. You also get tools and activities to build the skills you need to be successful, and each lesson includes a royalty-free sound pack to download and use in your own music. The key to success in the music business today is to diversify your sources of revenue. Ignite will show you how. For more information or to subscribe to Ignite, visit the website at taris-studios.com or click the link on musiconyourownterms.com. Eric Cabral is a serial entrepreneur that has created PodMax, on-air brands, and the Mindado Investment Group after a successful yet unfulfilling period working in corporate America. Eric shares the journey he took to reprogram his industrial mind into that of an entrepreneur that creates wealth and invests his time rather than spending it. We also learn how he got into playing music, ended up with the drums, and starting a band that was treated as a business to some degree of success until family life dictated a change of pace. Eric also shares some really fantastic anecdotes and advice for any type of creative, a free course that will help you clarify the message you are marketing to potential followers, and finally offers a chance to collaborate and help create new theme music for PodMax itself. If you enjoy the podcast and want to show your support, I'd be really grateful if you would consider signing up for the mailing list to stay in the loop with everything going on with the show. Just head over to musiconyourownterms.com and click the link. While you're there, you can also visit the store and grab some merch, or just buy me a coffee and help out with the running costs of the show. Thanks for listening. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Uh, today I'm joined by Eric Cabral, who is the founder of PodMax and On Air Brands, as well as some real estate investing and other things. How are you doing? And welcome. Wonderful. So so happy to be here, Simon. 
Awesome. Uh, gave you a quick intro. I, uh, if you wouldn't mind just expanding on, you know, what PodMax is and what you do day to day. Yeah, absolutely. So PodMax is one of my companies that really services entrepreneurs such as yourself from all walks of life, all types of industries. But what we do is get folks onto podcasts as a guest, right, to share their story, shout their message from the mountaintops. And the cool thing about this event is it's a one day event mm-hmm. and it gets you a efficiently on three shows in the course of one day and baked into the schedule and the agenda is networking, which we all need and love, especially during this day and age where that's becoming a little bit of a challenge. But then we also bring in master keynotes to the community to share strategies and tips on how to grow their podcast, their business, their marketing, their personal brand, whatever it is. We always identify someone who's a leader in the industry and, and they come and they just really just give it all to the community. So yeah, it's, it's, it's something that we do probably every six weeks at this point, but we're hoping to ramp that up mm-hmm. to every month. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. That's awesome. So it's kind of like uh, virtual speed dating for podcasters and podcast guests. Perfect. Thank you. I, I see you have a brilliant <laughs> marketing mind, Simon. <laughs> oh, I'm trying. I'm trying. And that is exactly how I phrase it for some folks. Yeah. Thanks for saying that. That's awesome. So yeah, let, let's find out about how you got your start into that. I, I read that you, uh, you're in the corporate world, as was I for a while. And you you got into real estate investing, is that correct? Could you elaborate on that journey? Yeah, that that that's a long road. I'll take the short way or the long way, however you want to take that journey. But I'm free for a while. Yeah, <laughs> great. And thanks again for for having me here, Simon. It's, it's, no, you're it's very a, welcome. It's, it's a pleasure. I love I love chatting about uh, all this stuff. So I had the industrial mindset, as most, if not all of us, are taught to do. Right, that is the safe mm-hmm. route. That is less risky, you know, go to school, get a college degree and go get a really good job and climb the corporate ladder. And I did that for over 20 years, got to the point where I was at the top of the ladder and I hit a glass ceiling. I was like, where, what, where and what now? It looks like I'm making the same salary for, for, for a while now. And it, my lifestyle is not changing. I am working harder. Uh, my health is is going to crap. Can we swear on this podcast? Um, <laughs> Absolutely, go for it. Just saw my quality of life going down, even though my salary was incrementally mm. going up. So I I realized there needed to be a shift. There needed to be a change. And I ran into a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. And mm-hmm. as I was driving to work, I'm listening to the, the audio, audio book and I'm literally, Simon, punching the steering wheel out of anger and frustration and inspiration that, wow, I've been a fool all along. There's there's a pill that I need to swallow and I need to see the zeros and ones behind what has been created for the wealthy. The wealthy do mm-hmm. things in a certain way. They operate in a certain way with their businesses and their life so that they can defer taxes. Now, notice I didn't say avoid taxes, right? They defer mm-hmm. taxes through real estate and through businesses and LLCs and they write everything off. And I'm like, wow, is that the rules of the game? I need to learn the rules so I could build legacy wealth for me, my family, and my growing family. My wife was pregnant with our second at the time. And I went to my wife. Yeah, I went to the CEO of the house and I was like, hey, I'm thinking about doing something new. She's like, oh, you want to start a creative agency? Because that's where I was from. Just go build a creative agency. Makes sense. I'm like, no, I want to try something else. She's like, yeah, what are you thinking? She's like, uh, real estate investing. <laughs> She's like, what are you talking about? You've never done that in your life. 
Luckily, I have a partner that just trusts in everything I do and say, except that time I wanted to be a professional poker player. But anyway, I uh, <laughs> yeah, I got her sign off. She said we got about one to two years of savings to, you know, if, if I fail and that will be our safety net. So I started mm-hmm. investing and, you know, we can go from there. But yeah, I just wanted to let that breathe for a second if you had any questions. Not so much questions, but definitely uh, po- I, I want to give a shout out to my high school friend, Alan, who's been on the podcast a couple of times and it's pretty much instrumental of, of get, getting me into this journey in the first place. He works directly with Robert, actually, oh. but he uh, he's a property investor and, and listeners will know, you know, his story and I highly recommend it for people who haven't heard it. Episode 10 and episode 80, I want to say. Nice memory. Nice memory. I'm impressed. Alan and I have been go- gone back way back since we were 13 years old. So the rich dad, poor dad is very, very familiar to me. Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. Sorry. I just wanted to put that in there to kind of like whet people's appetites, I guess, that haven't heard the podcast before. Yeah. So what prompted you to to really look into that? I mean, obviously the, uh, you know, I've had the same kind of corporate being being unfulfilled in what I was doing, you know, what was it that made you pick that book up, or the audio book rather? Yeah, I I I was just asked, and this is this is a question, you know, how how did I get into real estate investing, or how did I find it? And I I like to think that it found me. Mm. I didn't have all the fulfillment, happiness, and joy that I thought I would have in success in corporate America. I mean, it's great, right? To 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 build and save, hopefully being smart. I was not smart with my money, Simon. I was terrible. You know, just enjoying, uh, you know, the lap of luxury and spending anything that came in, which was not smart at all. Mm. And I I would play around in stocks. You know, I, I'm somewhat of a risky. I'm, my threshold for risk is pretty high. You know, like like I mentioned with poker and, and playing around. And I love the high of it. And stock, I've had relative ups and downs and successes and failures. But Google, when searching, you know, creating wealth, say stock is usually at the top and real estate is second. So, you know, with the Google gods and the algorithms, they, I guess, probably sent me an ad for a Kiyosaki book. I'm not exactly sure how it came into my world, but I'm guessing through my searches. That's where it happened. And maybe I think also there's a community called Bigger Pockets in the real estate investing community. And mm-hmm. it's mentioned all the time on those podcasts. So I'm like, oh, maybe I should look into this thing. But yeah, I mean, just to just to connect with your audience, you know, like what I was doing prior to doing that and building other businesses outside of real estate, you know, with podcasting and creative, is I was like everyone else, man. I was I was just living day by day, check to check, building and and, and growing stuff like, you know, my bands and and the relationships that were in corporate America. You know, there's always musicians running mm-hmm. around, you know, at the water cooler, you know, conversations are had and oh, what do you like? I like that. And then you start sharing, you know, bands and likes. And I started a band with two coworkers. Actually, one was a coworker mm-hmm. of my wife at the time. And then we connected and we we treated it like a business, Simon. And that I think gave us the longevity that we had. I think we were together for about six or seven years. And the only reason awesome. it stopped is because we had our ch- first child, which usually is the, mm-hmm. the thing, the catalyst <laughs> to break bands up. Someone's having a baby. Um, and it was me mm-hmm. this time. But yeah, I think as a musician and looking for passion outside of work, music was always my go-to. And finding people that were responsible and showed up to mm-hmm. practice, that was that's always a challenge, right? So, so this band, the two of them, we were the we all had the same discipline and mm-hmm. we understood if we're going to have any relative success this needs to be treated like a business 
I think that helped with everything that I'm doing now. That's awesome. What do you play and how did you get into music and how did you get into playing the instrument? Oh, man. Uh, I'll take the Wayback Machine and make it quick. Yeah. So I was always like a band geek. I don't even want to know why they call us geeks because we're like the cool kids, I think. But um, <laughs> I picked up the trumpet and, you know, I was, I was okay. I liked the experience of playing in an orchestra and having a conductor. And, and man, Mr. Winslow, he, he was so amazing. You know, just being in tune with every single body in front of you mm. and being able to point, like he knew exactly, even though there was probably three or four trumpet players, I knew he was pointing to me. Like he was talking to me like, your turn. So that that got me into sort of the love of being a part of an ensemble. And then, uh, this is a funny story. I've never told this one, so I'm so glad to be here on, on your show to tell this story. Awesome. Um, there was a blind audition to get into the... Um, Volunteer Fire, uh, local fire department's core. I forget what it's called. Okay. Where we do a parade around uh, the town. And they all the, the the volunteer firemen were turned around before The Voice did it and all these other you know shows. We're talking in the hmm. 80s. And we, they handed me a drum and I just went at it. Zero practice, zero knowledge. And I just did my thing. And they made me the lead. Out of all the kids wow. in the neighborhood that came, I was at the front of every parade. And that mm. grew my love for the drums because I was like, man, if I could do this with one snare, what happens if I hold the whole set? And I never got a set until I got older. Like I started to hang out with my high school buddies and became the drummer to those bands. But yeah, it always sort of became a natural. I could play all instruments, you know, but that one I just love to death. Fantastic. What was the name of the band? Uh, which are my first one or the the one that we had the prior the the one that you had as a business oh it was it's lipstick and cigarettes so that stuff is out there still <laughs> in uh the youtube you know land it's cool yeah before social was really what it is today we we were starting to push some stuff out there and use social it was like when myspace migrated to facebook was at the time when we started to mm. you know create so that kind of makes sense to me a little bit that you're a drummer and you're also into, uh, you know, investing. Because obviously drummers, I think the, the drummers that I know are a little bit more, uh, a little bit better at math. Oh. It, it, it might, and, and I've said this multiple times and I'll get on my soapbox, like if you don't have arts in education, you're not building balanced brains because the left and the right brain have to work together. Getting off my soapbox now, but. I love that. It's so important, but I think. Music, especially because again, it's math. So if you have this creative, you know, way of of looking at math, then it's going to feed the 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 other side. Yeah. But anyway, I digress. I love that. Can you say that quote again? You said arts and. Um. Well, I uh, if I remember it, <laughs> I was just I was just spouting. That was um, good. We'll go back to the tape. I'll rewind it. But that was uh, good. Yeah. I love well, that. I'll. I'll yeah. Okay. Well, we'll 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 take a a snippet and I'll I'll send it to you. So good. What prompted you to uh, start Podcast Mac, uh, Podmax, and the On Air brands? Where did that spawn from? <laughs> Honestly, Simon, I thought I was going to retire from creative. You know, like twenty plus years. I'm like, yeah, that's 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 plenty. I don't think I need to do anymore. So when I went to real estate, it like you said, it was very left brain, analytical, data driven stuff, mm. which was not my wheelhouse, not my comfort zone. So I had to really play heavy in a space that I wasn't that wasn't my superpower, but I I made it my superpower. And then when it started to gain some success, and I started to buy properties, and I, I noticed that my network was growing. 
of real estate investors uh -huh. and didn't realize until real, somewhat recently, like, oh, that is my superpower, like networking and building and relationships and growing other people's brands by leading by example. So I would, mm. I created my, my investment company called Mandato Investment Group. And then I started to do everything that you would need to do as a business, have a website, a, a strong brand, do social media marketing and all of that stuff. And that community was calling me a unicorn because they're all data-driven left-brainers and I'm a heavy right-brain operator. And they saw mm. that they saw that in me and asked for help. So one conversation, mm. one, one little assist here, one little creative you know, tweak there, and it grew into a business. And at the time, I was just freelancing to the point where I couldn't do it all myself. So I had to start hiring others that worked under Cabral brands or Cabral design. And as it started to grow and I gained more and more clients and paying more and more people, I was like, how do I give ownership to people in a company that's named after me? I always thought that was a silly thing. Companies mm -hmm. with the initials of the founders, like there's zero creative behind just slapping your name on something. So I was like, how do I come up with a name that people can connect to and find some ownership over? I was like, oh, we put people on the air on air brands. And that started the creative agency, marketing agency. And then from there, podcasting became a part of the tool and building of a personal brand for myself and getting my voice out there and getting people to understand what I'm doing because I was doing a lot of different things in a lot of different industries. So I was like, oh, this is the one-stop shop for everything that Eric Cabral is doing. And guests started to appear that were friends, business partners, clients. When they heard their episode, Simon, they're like, damn, I didn't realize your show was that good. I'm, mm. I'm curious, how do you do it? And I'm like, I do it like that. How about you just do it? And that turned from one, two, three, four, five, dozens of people later. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Now I got a network of podcasters. And it birthed PodMax, getting all the people together to be on the shows that we produce and that I've uh, grown close to over time. That's a, that's fantastic. What kind of podcast do you, ho do you uh, work with? Is it more business types or do you have like a large spread of, of subjects? Yeah, we so we play heavy. It started all in the real estate investing space. Then I brought on a business partner named Josh Carey, who was not a real estate investor and was heavy in the podcast industry and had a lot of connections. So he brought that whole industry together, which was perfect because we needed podcasters. And we had entrepreneurs, business owners, mostly in real estate that needed to be on shows. Well, as we started to do more of that and fusing our networks, we started to just evolve into all businesses, any type of business. Um, a lot of them are business coaches, authors, you know, small businesses, medium businesses, you know, multi-million dollar businesses. So we run the whole gamut. But I like your question because we are very aware that we want to start creating different verticals like mm. health and wellness, specifically investing, or we're, we're really getting connected to the Broadway community. So like the Broadway, uh, PodMax, you know, uh, music, I'd love to chat with you offline or on the show about doing what we do for musicians and the music industry, just so that they can get involved in podcasting. Cause I mean, we're all familiar with it, right? Microphones, lights, can you know, like right. let's, this is creative. This is the tools feel familiar. So why not lean into it? 
Absolutely. And yeah, totally, totally down for that. Um, that, that does lead me to my next two questions. And usually when I have two questions, I forget one. So I'll try not to forget. But in your opinion, is a podcast, like what is its purpose? Is it to build a business or is it for entertainment value? Or does that depend on the host? Yeah, it depends on the goals of the host and the person that wants the podcast. When people ask me, you know, oh, should I start a podcast or I want to start a podcast? You know, I, I usually do the five whys. You know, why do you want to start a podcast, Simon? Uh, because I want to make money. But why do you want to make money? Uh, because I can get my, I can, I can continue growing my business. Why do you want to grow your business? You know, like, oh, because I want to put, uh, you know, I want to be successful so I can put food on the table. Why do you want to put food on the table? Oh, because, you know, my family, they're, they're counting on me. Well, why did you like, so we go deeper, deeper, deeper to the why. What is the essence, mm. the core of what you're doing? Not to just create something because everyone's doing it. Let's get to the why so that whenever there's doubt, whenever there's something in your way, an obstacle, you, all you have to do is go to the core, the why, and it'll continue. It'll fuel the rocket so that you continue doing what you're doing because that is the biggest thing in podcasting. And I, and I hate to see it is pod fade. People start a show mm. and they don't get past seven or eight episodes. So I always, always implore folks, if you want to start a podcast, this is long term, six months, a year, give it at least. If it doesn't fit, it doesn't fit. No harm, no foul. You know, failure is success in progress. You've um, obviously learned mm -hmm. something from that. But yeah, that that's that's really my message to anyone who is thinking about a podcast. Commit and it'll work. Absolutely. Let's let's definitely put a thumbtack in why because I will definitely circle back to that a bit later. So to illustrate the point of pod fade and, you know, having these numbers, some, I forget the, the people that put it out, but all the newsletters have, have come out with this data that of the 2.2 million podcasts that are out, I think it's something in the seven to 800 yep, thousands exactly. that are above 10 episodes or something like that. Yeah, 720,000. So, yeah. Yeah. So you, you saw the same stuff I yeah. did. Um, and I think they're still crunching data from what I read. <laughs> yeah. uh, they're always crunching data, but they, they were putting some other metrics together for, for that I'm, I'm still looking forward to. But it, it's the point of, and I, and I think this, this will lend itself well to being a musician or being an author or being a, someone who's creative in general, whatever you're doing, you know, you need content, you need art. I mean, I, the, the podcast for me was never like, oh, I want to make money. It was all about, you know, getting information to musicians because I'd been learning all this entrepreneurial stuff and I wanted to give that to the musicians community. And it's always been about the content. It's never, you know, it's, maybe I should have monetized earlier and, you know, that's something I'm still working on, but it's always been a hobby that gives information to people rather than, oh, I want to make money from it. But my question to you is like, how can musicians leverage a podcast, for instance, or, or take not, not so much that, but take that mindset into their own art? Yeah. I'm, I'm imagining that musicians, very much like podcasters, one of their main goals, if not the main goal, is to gain a following, grow listenership, uh, and mm. and and get people to love what you're doing and you're creating. So how do we do that? You know, how do we do that as podcasters? How do we do that as musicians? How do we get more ears? You know, uh, you know, earbuds listening to our stuff. Well, that's creating content, right? It's creating something so others get value out of you outside of what you're creating. So, for example, musicians often 
have to figure things out, right? We have to figure out what what sort of instruments, what strings that we put on our guitars, what pedals do we buy, what mix and match, what's working, where where can I get something for for less? You know, what we and we don't and we stay in our little silos and we don't share this information. My nephew reached out to me and he's like, dude, I want to become a gamer and I want to monetize it. I'm like, okay, well, same thing as what we're talking about. Don't think about the money, do the passion figure that out. Uh And he's like, I spent $4,000 on new gaming equipment. So this is all like musicians. You're spending and you're investing into something Uh and you're figuring stuff out. Document that journey. Share with people what you're buying, what you're putting together, what worked, what didn't work. I put this amp with this and I connected this with this. Document this and share it with people. There's going to be someone who appreciates you for it because you just saved them time and money. So I Uh think that's a way for musicians to really start to leverage what we have with social and to leverage social media for what it is, is and it's a tool. That's what that's what social is. It's not a social platform for business owners. And if a musician wants to have success, you have to, like we said earlier, treat it like a business. And if mm. people start to align you and your brand with, oh, wow, Simon is a business guy that's also a musician, or he's a musician that has a business, and they start to fuse those two, man, that, mm-hmm. you could grow a following of people. And I'm sure you know your, your followers and your listeners appreciate you for all of that that you're doing. That's fantastic. Yeah, great advice. I also wanted to ask real quick as an aside, because I, I, we said before we started that you, know, you, you don't see a lot of musicians on podcasts that are not music related. It's kind of like again, again that that blind is staying in that silo. Oh, I'm a musician. I need to go on a music music podcast. Like, how could musicians leverage podcasts themselves to gain audience in in you know in another way? Dude, I don't know about you, and I'm guessing yes to this for you. I'll answer for you. <laughs> music changed my life it, every day. It changes my life. Music creates emotion and motion, Uh. right? So if it weren't for music, dude, I don't even, I wouldn't be here talking to you, obviously, but I, it's, it's taken me out of dark days. It's lifted me up when I needed picking up. It's inspired me to do more and be more. Why aren't we sharing that gift with others and letting them know, Hey, here's my gift and it's for you and it's free. Right. And I, the reason I say free, I don't mean like this is work and you're just going to give it away for free, but it's not work when you love what you do, right? Mm. If you're able to figure out a business behind what you create and give, for example, I'm a big fan of Scary Pockets and also Pompola Moose. I don't know if you've heard of them. Pompola Moose, yep. Yeah, so the CEO happens to be the creator of Patreon. Mm -hmm. Do you think that he was a CEO managing and creating multi, literally billion dollar business? That guy is a musician first and always. And he just Mm -hmm. so happened to hit gold, right? Why? Because his why and his passion was behind giving something to others. If we understand that giving is the lightning bolt and thunder, which comes after part of the same thing, is the value and the payment and the revenue, which comes later. You have to trust that the value and the things that I'm giving to people in their lives and business is the lightning. And I know for a fact the thunder is going to come. That's that's a fantastic analogy. Thank you so much. Yeah. So take that pin out. What is your why? Dude. And how did you come about finding that out? I, I hate to be cliche, uh, uh, but I have to put it out there. So my family, right, as it grows, 
I want, I want my wife to have freedom to do whatever she wants to do. And that's not, and, and it starts with having her quit and retire her from her job because right now she's raising two little lovely girls and that is a full-time job in and of itself, right? So I want to be able to afford her the time and get the time back. My why has now become, and that was my, that was the start and your why can constantly shift and modify, but that is always the number one. But what I've noticed as a result in becoming a business owner is time, dude, time is currency. I don't honestly at this point care about money because as I get older, I'm 48 now and I'm beginning to notice, oh man, that hourglass, the sand's running out. And what am I going to do in life? How am I going to make an impact on the world? How am I going to inspire others to be more and do more? I need to do it now. I wasted years of my life partying, drinking, doing drugs, having fun. Don't get me wrong. A lot of fun. But dude, I should have done this sooner. I could have made sooner. So that's always my drive. Like, how do I make an impact and change things for at least one person, two people grow this thing to however far and how big I can grow it. So I think that and I'm, I'm losing track of your question here. So stop me when I, <laughs> yeah. No, Did I answer your going. question? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I would say that the, the second part of the question is like, how did you come up with, obviously, you know, your wife and your kids is a no-brainer, but yeah. as far as how did you come to the realization of time being the our most important commodity? Yeah, it's because we can't, we can't ever get it back, dude. We can never, ever get it back. Once it's spent, it's gone forever. And I've noticed that if I spend my time, it's not the best use. I need to invest my time. Mm. I need to invest it in something that's going to make me better. I need to invest my time with someone that's going to change my life or I can change their life. That's the biggest thing that people don't understand is that your time is limited on this earth. And how are you not going to spend it? How are you going to invest it? And I'm not talking about monetarily. Mm. How are you going to invest in something that's going to make you a better person, help people around you? inspire others. Because trust me, when you start to do that and you start to create value for others in their life with nothing in to gain from you at all, people will gravitate like flies or bees to honey Mm. because they understand, wow, Simon is genuine. He's authentic and he's, he's, he's here to help. And, and he's not out for something on the side. He's not, he's not with, he doesn't walk around with commission breath. <laughs> I like to say. Like, like the used car salesman. <laughs> exactly. That's fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. I do like to reach a point where I get, I ask the same kind of questions to each guest to get their, their background on it. Uh, so what negative experience have you overcome and what did that teach you? I, I grew up the majority of my life, three quarters of my life, or more, believing that failure was not an option. Um, It was drilled into my brain uh, that I couldn't and shouldn't experiment or take risks. And that reprogramming was part of the old me, the Eric 1.0. When I finally got an upgrade to my operating system to 2.0, I understood that failure was success in progress. And that was such an eye-opener and changed my world because I'm like, wow, failure is success in progress. I'm figuring things out. Why is it that we don't yell at a baby when they fall and trip? And while they're walking, we go, hey, you give it up. 
Don't even try it. Failure is not an option. We allow them to experiment, to try, to fall and trip and get hurt. Why is it as adults, we're not allowed to do that? Mm. It doesn't make sense. So that's that's a huge thing for me that changed everything. And I, I love telling people that quote because I think the majority of us have grown up with that belief that failure is not an option. I mean, they failed on Apollo missions, absolutely, but they brought a lot of them back. Like watch that, that movie with Tom Hanks. Like that was a mm-hmm. colossal failure, but they figured it out and probably everything after that got better. So we, mm-hmm. and another thing that I love is Jim Rohn. He's, he, he was Tony Robbins' mentor and coach. He, yep. he, he always says, it's not about how much you make or asking how much you can make from a job or, or a gig. It's who you become after. Who are you going to evolve into as a result of experiencing that? So that is another huge takeaway for me is what am I going to become if I say yes to this opportunity? Awesome. What major positive experience has given you the push to follow this journey? (sighs) Man, the connections, the friendships, the partnerships that I started to really, I just recognize like, wow, I met this one changed my world. This one changed my world. Like, and then it started to snowball really into this rising tide lifts all boats experience for myself. And then I look back on the past few years and I think, holy crap, look what happened as a result of all this. You know, Just saying yes and not being afraid to fail, um, it just changes everything. It changes the game completely. Fantastic. And I, I kind of use the, the rising tide lifts all ships mantra for the podcast too. Mm. So that's that's nice and poignant there. Yeah. You've kind of already answered my last question, which is what does music mean to you, which you, you alluded to before. What what were some artists that you were <laughs> that really inspired you early on? Early on. Yeah. So every phase of life, right? The music is like bookmarks in, in, in chapters, yeah, you know, and uh, every, I mean, I... You know, I'm like one of those guys, I'm guessing like you, where I literally listen to everything, everything, you know, from the Beastie Boys to Mariah Carey to Justin Timberlake to Daft Punk to like, I appreciate any and all music. There was a time when I was growing up, Simon, I I hated country music. I freaking love it now. Like, and like classical music, I did not appreciate that. My father was always blasting it over the weekends. I'm like, ah, boring. There's always something in any piece of music, any piece of art that can be appreciated, whether it's terrible or not. There's something there where I'm like, oh, that's great. Uh, or that one bar, that one part, even with podcasting, I'll listen to a show and say, for example, it's not necessarily even the show itself, but the way like this, how I got onto your show, your process, your description, something you said in your notes, like, oh, wow, that's a cool nugget. I can adopt that into my podcast. So it's just learning, you know, is, is always great. Mm. Um, whether it's good or bad, I, we learn a ton from from bad music or good or bad podcasting. Like, because now you you recognize, oh crap, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> you know, so yeah, it's it's fun, and, and I love and I and like I mentioned, those I mean, Beasties were huge in my life all throughout. Um, and then you know, Metallica, I think still, like, I'm I'm old school. Like when that Black album came out, I was like, wait, what? This is they they sold out. Like to me, I was I was from the beginning. You know kill them all. And then like, Mm. but then like everything, dude, I got into a phase where I was listening to R and B like for a good chunk of my life during college. But, um, yeah, I can appreciate any and all types of music, except for maybe like what's going on now. Now I feel like an old man. (laughs) I'm like, that's not hip hop. (laughs) Sounds terrible. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's funny. Actually, the, funny you should say the you know the uh, learning from bad music or bad whatever. When I was heavily into web design back in my late teens, I bought a book called How Not to Suck at Websites. <laughs> or building websites that don't suck, and it's it's basically that is learning good design by looking at bad design. Mm. But you 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 think about the uh, the time period of the mid mid to late nineties where, oh man, that was the golden age of internet pages, wasn't it? Yeah, they're still business. <laughs> but now I'm sounding like, like a, <laughs> oh, I found a couple today. I was like, what? You're a multi-million dollar company. Hello. Way back machine. Anyway. Yeah. It's like, whoa, yeah. this is so, like a Netscape browser that I'm looking at. <laughs> right? <laughs> so. Oh, fantastic. If people want to find out about PodMax and on-air brands and you personally, where can they go to like find out and get in touch? Yeah. I want to give something to your audience. Um, so they can go to podmax.co. That, that's the best place to go to check out what we're doing and when the next event is. But if they put a slash... So podmax.co slash masterclass. Uh, I have mm -hmm. a free course there for people that want to understand and learn how to clarify their message and their story and then implement. So hopefully, you know, your Fantastic. audience will be able to gain some some value out of that. Yeah, thank you. That's that's really cool. Yeah. At the end of the episode, I like to play a piece of music by the artists that I'm interviewing typically, or if you have a friend or a connection that you want to give a shout out to. Um, maybe maybe some of the original uh, was it cigarettes and lipstick. L lipstick and cigarettes. Thank you for mentioning that because right I, I would recommend Entrepreneur Circle is my show. That was the first podcast that I ever created. And now I have multiple ones. But the intro to that song is a song we never released because we were in transition okay. and breaking up. And then they they went to do their own thing and sort of created this and I was like, this needs to be used. So it lives on as as the intro to my podcast. So big shout out to Chris and Sarah of Lipstick and Cigarettes because that's how we continue the legacy of Lipstick and Cigarettes through my show, Entrepreneur Circle. That That's awesome. Yeah. If you could send me the uh, full full uh, song, that would be- Oh yeah, dude. Wait, what? Nobody ever asked for the full song. Yeah. Let me, let me locate that. Because the intro to my show is obviously the 30-second instrumental version. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the song is badass itself, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely play that and uh, get it out to the world. That's, that's killer. Yeah, can I put out something to your audience and to you as well? Absolutely. So I'll, I want to give that masterclass, but my one ask is we are trying to create a theme song for PodMax. So right now mm -hmm. we play Lizzo's Put, do my hair toss like whatever i forget the name of that song and that vibe and energy like we want to create our own version of that song feels like that not necessarily that so just a little you know shout out to your audience anyone who's interested please hit me up because we're looking for someone creative to to figure this out with us well, that's fantastic yeah definitely uh if you're out there and if you want to Give, do your hand a, a little theme song that'd be that'd yeah. be fantastic so awesome awesome well yeah this has been a fantastic conversation i really appreciate you taking the time um so continued success and uh hope to stay in touch appreciate you brother thanks for having me thank you so much for listening i'd really appreciate it if you would leave a review on itunes or your favorite podcast platform as this really helps get the word out about the podcast so other musicians can benefit from the awesome knowledge that my guests are sharing. The more the musicians community collectively learns, the stronger we will become.
a rising tide lifts all ships. This episode is sponsored by the Skinny Armadillo Printing Company in Fort Worth, Texas, offering a full range of apparel decoration and promotional items, such as screen printing, embroidery, laser engraving, and much more. The Skinny Armadillo is now offering a merch fulfillment service, including on-demand printing and a custom-built web store, so you can concentrate on your music and running your business as a musician. Visit theskinnyarmadillo.com or call 817-546-1430 to learn how the Skinny Armadillo can help you take your merch to the next level. Keep pushing the needle and be excellent to each other. This is Lipstick and Cigarettes with Anesthetic.